Welcome to the Rise! Let's go! Uh, if you're new with us here or you're just getting started, then uh, this is our junior high ministry. We're part of a church called Faith Bible Church. And uh, this is what we do. We play games at the very beginning. And then, um, and then we have, so we have fun. And then we come here and we do the most important thing, which is to worship God. We open his word together and we study it and we learn more about who he is. And so this is the most important thing that we do. And in this semester, uh, we are studying the book of Daniel, which is in the Old Testament. So the Bible has two parts. Nolan, it's called the, the first half is the what? Old Testament. And the second part is the? That's why he's so smart. Give it up for Nolan. There we go. And Audra and Nolan are back from Albania. And, uh, or was it Uganda? Okay, no, Albania. Uh, and so they were serving the Lord out uh, in a different country in Europe called Albania. You guys know how Italy, it looks like a boot? Yeah. Yeah, so if the boot, if the boot like kicked back, then it would hit Albania. And they would all go flying and... Uh, no, that's really where it is. You look at a map. If the Italy boot kicked back, it would hit Albania. You're welcome. Now you can tell people that, okay? Uh, you probably never heard of Albania. That's the language I was speaking the other day. Okay? So, we are in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2 now, and it's very exciting. The story picks up, and we see even more faithfulness from God. But I just wanted to tell you before I start, before I begin... Uh, that I had a really bad dream last night. What was it? What was it? No, honestly, it was pretty bad. It uh, left me frightened. I honestly woke... You know when you wake up from a dream and it's just so bad that you're just like sweating and uh, you're just like, you know, breathing really heavily and you just want to go get some water or like go uh, snuggle up next to your mom and like... You know, I just had a bad dream and, you know, maybe even, you know, an accident happens and uh, it's just a really bad dream. Well, I had one of those minus the accident uh, last night. It was really bad and uh, I woke up afraid. And what happened was I was I was um, I was in this place and something happened that just scared. I think I was with some friends. I forget their names. Uh, I cannot remember who was with me. But anyways, I was with some friends and we were doing something uh, together. I think we were like at the top of a building and uh, we're just, I forget what we're doing, but something happened and then uh, I forget. Then like, I, I, think I, I, think, I think one of them got mad at me because I said something to them and uh, they got really upset, and I think one of them might have pushed me off, and I fell to my death, and maybe that's why I jumped up out of my bed and uh, just totally freaked out. And I don't know exactly what happened, but that was basically all I got. But this is just to say I had a really bad dream, and it left me frightened the whole day. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have a dream last night. I didn't have a dream. Okay, I didn't have a dream. Uh, oh, okay. But this is an example of how I could imagine King Nebuchadnezzar telling his dream to all of these dream people who are supposed to interpret his dream. And he's basically giving them nothing. He's telling them it's a forgotten dream. He says, he says I had a dream, but uh, basically I forgot it. 
and uh, you don't get to know the dream, and uh, you just have to tell me what the dream is and then interpret it for me. Can you do that? That's pretty hard, right? That's pretty impossible. So basically, this is about Daniel chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar, and the forgotten dream. And so, as we look and explore the character of Daniel, today, we're going to see Daniel's what? Unforgettable faith. Maddie Simmons, give it up for her! Unforgettable faith. By the way, come on. How's my acting in the beginning? Did you believe me? Okay. No. You believed me? You thought it was an actual dream, huh? No. Oh, okay. But do you know what's the worst? Uh, what? When you fall off your bunk bed, you have a nightmare. Yeah, when you fall off your bunk. An actual dream I used to have, I used to be running up a, a stairs, a, a spiral staircase, and uh, maybe this is not good, but like a monster, I'll just say that, a monster was racing up and chasing after me, and I would have that night after night after night, and I would just wet my bed every single week. Uh, That was a real dream. But uh, today we're going to look at the unforgettable faith of Daniel. And uh, I'm really excited to do it. So in Daniel chapter 2, we enter what is technically. Technically, this is Nebuchadnezzar's uh, second year as king. But actually... Fun fact, it's really like his third year as king because there's some tradition, technicalities. When he came in as king, the same year his father uh, uh, was not king, and that still counts as his king year and all these different technicalities. But technically, King Nebuchadnezzar, this is his second year as king, but actually it's his third year. And Daniel and his friends are finishing their training. They finish it in Daniel chapter 1. We only went through one chapter, okay? Okay, so where we left off, Daniel and his friends, they finish the training, and God says, God blesses them and gives them knowledge and intelligence. They pass the test, and actually, not only do they pass the training, but they are actually the best of the best, right? Are you guys with me? They're the best of the best. Say best of the best. Okay, and so we're in Daniel chapter 2, the second year of King Nebuchadnezzar's king year, kingdom rule and uh, Daniel and his friends have finished training and God gave them knowledge and intelligence. In fact, look up at Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. Let's read it together again. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. You should go there and I'll tell you, you can look at your table of contents to look up where Daniel is. Don't be embarrassed because it's a hard book to find and maybe you haven't read it before. So go to your table of contents. Daniel chapter 1 if it's helpful to you, my number is 1,371. No, no. But none of you have my Bible. Are you there? Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. Where's your Bible? Yeah, get it open. Come on. I can see everything that you do up from up here, okay? So, you know, there's no escaping. And we'll learn about the character of God today where he sees everything you do as well. And he knows everything. And so just think about that. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. As for these four youths, God gave them what? God gave them what? Knowledge Knowledge and Intelligence. intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of what? Visions and what? Dreams. So Daniel 
They all are given this knowledge and intelligence by God. He's blessing them with that. They're the best of the best. And Daniel even can now interpret and understand visions and dreams that God gives through people. And in this case, King Nebuchadnezzar. So God gave Daniel this ability. He knows what's about to come. And uh, in fact, I hope that in this chapter, we see that God knows everything. He knows everything, right? This is called his, Nolan? Um, he knows everything? Omniscience. Good job, Nolan! Uh, see, he, I thought he was smart, and I just put it to the test, and he is. What? Uh, and so this is his omniscience. He is all-knowing. And so I hope that you see that in this chapter, that God is all-knowing. And so he works all things for our good, for the Christian's good, and for his glory. And he's going to do the exact same thing in this chapter with Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar. So, what has God prepared Daniel for his whole life up to this point? We're going to see it now. Number one in your outline, Nebuchadnezzar's unforgettable fear. Nebuchadnezzar's unforgettable fear. He claims to have forgotten his dream. And he won't tell it to his dream team to interpret it. He wants them to figure it out on, the, on their own. But what is unforgettable is the fear that King Nebuchadnezzar had when he woke up from this dream, right? Remember my amazing acting skills in the beginning of this? I was so fearful, right? And I woke up from my dream and I was just afraid. Well, this is King Nebuchadnezzar. He is out of his mind afraid because of what he saw in his dream. The worst nightmare because it's addressing what's going to happen in the future for King Nebuchadnezzar. Basically, he saw his life and the future after his life unfold in this dream. So he's filled with fear and he orders his dream team, which are the guys who are going to interpret his dreams or try to at least to come and say what his dream was. So I need five students to come up here. Okay, Caden, you are there, and you are there, and you are there, and how many was that? Four. Four. Uh, what's my middle name? What's my middle name? Yeah, Critter got it because he cheated, but you can still come up. Uh, no, Sean. Or you can say Nashon based on. Wait, how are you feeling? Okay, come up, come up in front. Come up in front. Come spread out. Don't trip over the courts. Come in front of here. Okay, come closer. Critter, come on the other side. Yeah. Hey, no, who are you booing up here? Oh, oh, Kaden. Okay, boo. Get it. Uh, just kidding. Okay, so pretend that this is King Nebuchadnezzar's dream team, okay? So the dream team is made up of five different types of people, different type of people groups, okay? And they've all got their own little weird things about them, you know, that they do. And uh, basically, King Nebuchadnezzar is gathering everybody up and he's telling them, you better figure out what my dream was. I'm not gonna tell you what my dream was. You gotta tell me what it was. And you've gotta interpret the dream. What does my dream mean that you have to figure out, okay? So he's giving them nothing and he's asking them for basically everything, which is impossible. So we got five different people groups on this dream team right here. What's your name? Brixton. Brixton. Brixton is representing 
the magicians. Do a little magic show for us. Yeah, the magicians do tricks. No, I don't know if they do tricks, but the magicians, they're highly educated. They do illusions and uh, they're even, you know, doing evil spells. And so, you know, maybe King Nebuchadnezzar thinks that they can interpret and find out the dream. The magicians. Do you think you can? Oh, you, can, you think you can? Okay, that's an actual appropriate response. They thought they could. Okay, right here, what was her name again? Bella. Bella is representing the conjurers, which are basically astrologers. You know, I think that has to do with the sky or something like that. And uh, they gave interpretations of mysteries, okay? So there's all these mysteries. You want to figure out your mystery and what it means? You go to Bella, the astrologer or conjurer. Okay, right here with Caden, uh, we have him representing the sorcerers. Everybody repeat that. No. Sorcerers. Sorcerers. And Caden, get this. How terrible. Caden is a witch doctor. He's a witch doctor. And he talks to the dead. Caden, that's so weird. So Caden's a witch doctor. He talks to the dead. And so we got the magician, the astrologer, the sorcerer. And right here, we have the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans. The Chaldeans, they are the priests who control everything, right? They have a bunch of power. Can't you tell? They just have a bunch of power. And they control everything, right? And so they're, they're part of this dream team group. You have the most power, I think. Okay? And then last but not least... Critter right here is representing the diviners. Ooh, diviners? We see this in verse 27. And basically, uh, they, you guys know the, the people who do like zodiac signs? Okay, what's your zodiac sign? Yeah, basically, Critter would be able to tell you all of that and what it means. You know, I'm an Aquarius, so that means I like pepper and coffee. And, uh, and all those things. So he would be able to tell you that, okay? So you got the who? Magicians. Who is this? Astrologers. Right here. Sorcerers. Right here. Chaldeans. And right here? Diviners. The monkeys, okay? So the witch doctors and the team, they are tasked with this thing, okay? King Nebuchadnezzar says, you have to... Tell me what my dream was. I'm not going to give you anything. And once you figure out my dream somehow, you have to tell me what it means. Okay? And why he does this is because he's so frustrated with all of these people, with all these people who claim they can interpret dreams and they can do this and that. Because every time he comes to them with a vision or a dream, they always go, you know, give us some more time. You know, we're figuring this out. We'll interpret it. And then time passes on and they, they're expecting him to kind of forget about it or time to pass on. So he's frustrated. And he's saying, I'm going to put these guys, the dream team, to the test and see if they can actually figure out my dream. If they're actually the real deal. If she can actually do magic tricks. If he can actually talk to dead people. And if he actually has power. Or if this is just a gold chain pretending he has power, okay? So he's putting them to the test. And he says this, if you don't do it, if you don't figure out my dream, if you don't interpret it, then I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to rip off all of your limbs. So there you go. Go ahead. Go take a seat. And think about how you're going to come up with the dream. Okay, give it up for them. Give it up for them. 
So, hey, hey, witch doctor, no questions. Thank you. Uh, okay, so the dream team basically goes, this is impossible, right? What did they say? The dream team basically goes, this is impossible. What did they say? This is impossible. Only a god could do something like that. And they're right. And so they have no way of doing this. King Nebuchadnezzar gets frustrated because they can't figure out how to uh, fulfill their plan and their, his orders. And so King Nebuchadnezzar orders all of the wise men, which includes Daniel and his friends, to be what? Killed. So that whole dream team, he says, get the executioners and go kill them because they're not actually doing what they say they could do. And so go kill them. They're useless to me. And so he sends out executioners. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar is scared. He has the, what's the F word we use? Fear. Fear. He has fear. He's filled with fear. And so during this scary time, he sends Daniel and all of his, or he sends executioners to go kill Daniel, all of his friends, all the wise men. Do you understand what's going on? Say tomato. Tomato. Okay, you're back on track. Okay, so that was number one. Nebuchadnezzar's unforgettable what? Fear. He's scared out of his mind. And so since nobody can help him, he's going to kill all of the wise men. Number two. We see Daniel's unforgettable, what do you think it is? Faith. Faith. Daniel's unforgettable faith. And we see this in verses 14 through 30. In difficult times, and really all times, what we should do and what Daniel does is these four things that we have here. And then I, want, I want you to be encouraged by this. I want you to find this helpful. We're going to look at what Daniel does and how he expresses his faithfulness. And I want you to be able to say, I need to do these things too, right? If we're going through difficult times, if we're going through sad times, something really bad happens in life, maybe you're just unsure what's going on in your family, something bad happened, a sibling died, a family member died. You're just going through a really difficult time, like Daniel is, he's, being, he's about to get killed. I want you to look at Daniel's faith and have what he does. And I want you to be able to do the same thing or at least try to do the same thing, right? Prepare yourself. So Daniel's unforgettable faith, this is what he does. Point A, he does not panic. He does not panic. Daniel doesn't freak out. Daniel doesn't do an ugly cry. You know, sit in his corner and just cry and weep and lock himself in the room. Daniel doesn't go, you know what, God? I can't believe this. I've been faithful to you my whole life. And you're going to send executioners to kill me? You know what, God? If you're actually real, then you'll stop this. Or else I won't believe in you. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't curse God. He doesn't hate God. What does he do? He stays faithful. He doesn't panic. He stays calm. And actually, you know what he does instead? He doesn't feel sorry for himself and make excuses or do any of this or that. He stays faithful and he comes up with a plan. I'm going to persuade the executioners to give me some more time. I need some more time. I'm going to go to God and ask him for help, but I need some more time. 
And so he doesn't weep. He doesn't deny God. He doesn't say God isn't real. He doesn't say God isn't my friend anymore. He says, no, God is real. He's faithful. He's in control of all things. And what I'm going to do instead of weeping and crying is I'm going to go and I'm going to ask for more time. Does that take courage? Yes, right? Imagine going up to the person assigned to kill you and asking them, hey, can you hold off a little bit? Can you give me some more times? More times? Yeah. A couple more days? You know, give me some, give me some time. I, I don't want to die yet. And he goes up to this guard and he goes, you know, what's the rush? There's no rush, right? Like, I mean, I mean, you got a lot of people to kill. Maybe, you know, just, you know, slow down a little bit. There's no rush, right? And actually, God blesses him and he actually grants him more time. The executioner says, okay, you get a little bit more time. Okay, you get a little bit more freedom. Go, go say your last words. Maybe go have your last dinner, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets. Go all out. I'll come back in a few days and kill you, okay? And so, read verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. This is what Daniel does. He says, Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, here it is, for what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? You know, you can wait a little bit. You know, it's not a big rush. Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. I like that. So Daniel went to uh, went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. So he goes to the king and asks for more time, and the king actually grants him this. This is amazing, right? Back to the point. Daniel doesn't freak out. Daniel doesn't panic. He doesn't deny God because life gets hard. He trusts God, and he actually takes action to get him some more time to find a solution, right? So that's what the first thing we learned. Point B, next, he goes back to his friends, and he does what? Point B, he prays. He prays. Let's read verses 17 through 18. Daniel chapter 2, 17 through 18. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends that they were all about to be killed. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, about the matter. So that they might, what? Request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. What does Daniel do? Daniel depends on God. He shows his faith by praying to God. You know why? Because he knows this is a terrible situation. He knows there's nothing he can do in his own strength to get himself out of this situation. So what must he do? He must go to the all-powerful God who can do everything, who, can do, who knows everything, and he goes to him and asks him for help. He prays to him. And they pray that, they might, that he might give them understanding, that he might uh, allow Daniel to understand and interpret the dream so they can escape this destruction. Right? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time that you went through a hard time and you ask God for help? Or when's the last time that you went through a good time? 
and you asked God for help or you just thanked him or you just praised him? When's the last time that you prayed? This is a good indication. If you are a Christian or not, the Christian is the one who depends on God at all times and goes to him in prayer for help with everything, right? And this is what Daniel does to display his faith. What was point A? He does not panic. Point B? He prays. Okay. He does not panic. He prays. And then point C, Daniel praises. Daniel praises. Praises is spelled P-R-A-I-S-E-S. Some of you didn't write it still. Thank you, Terrell. And so you're welcome, Kaden. I know you're still learning your vocabulary and your alphabet. So uh, there you go. Praises. Daniel praises. And we see this in verses 19 through 23. Let's read verse 19 together. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. What just happened? Daniel prayed. He asked God for help. He asked God to help him understand this dream, be able to interpret it, understand its meaning. And what does God do? He answers his prayer. He, prayer. he does that for Daniel. Daniel makes a request to God and God answers him and actually fulfills that request. He gives them the understanding. But what does Daniel not do? Daniel receives this understanding and what do you think? I mean, if I was Daniel, I'd be like, oh, great. Okay, uh, let me go to the king now and let me go tell him what the dream is so we will all be spared of our lives and we won't get killed, right? No, Daniel doesn't do that. Daniel pauses. He reflects. And he exalts. He praises. He praises God for who he is. He thanks God. Thank you, God, for answering my prayers. And I want to ask you, do you do this? When you pray for things and then God answers them, he answers your prayers. Do you thank God for answering your prayers? Or do you just go, oh, sweet. And then just forget that God was behind all of it, right? Do you praise him like this? Do you thank him? Daniel does, and he does this. By exalting his character, uh, God's character, by reflecting on it, by thanking him, and he praises God for uh, point little a, God's character, and you have it all there. God's character. We see this in verse twenty. Look at verse twenty with me. Uh, it says, "Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven." Verse twenty. Daniel said, "Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power." belong to him. You know what Daniel's doing here? He is so overwhelmed with thankfulness and with the character of God. And he's saying, God, you are so omniscient. You know everything, right? Right, Nolan? Omniscient. And Nolan, what's uh, the word for all powerful? Oh, dang. I just stopped him. Omnipotent. Okay, good. Oh, you're teaching him. So that's discipleship. Good. Okay, so he says, God, thank you so much for answering my prayers. I'm so overwhelmed with who you are. You are omniscient. You know everything. And you are omnipotent. You are all powerful. And so he's praising God. Next point B, he praises him for 
his control, God's control. Read verse 21 with me. God's control. It is he who changes the times and the epochs and he removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. He's saying, God, you're in control of everything. You're completely sovereign. Psalm 115 verse 3, our God is in the heavens. He, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases, right? God is in control. Next, he praises God for his comprehension. That's why I filled it in for you, because you don't know how to spell comprehension, maybe. Comprehension means, again, he knows everything. God knows his situation. He knows exactly what's going on. And so he provides the way. He does what's best for Daniel and his friends. And you know what? I want to focus on this point. If God knows everything, can you do anything in secret on your own without him knowing? What about if you go in your room and you lock yourself in the closet and uh, you just hide away from God, can he, is he still going to know what's going on there or, or what? He's still going to know, right? He knows everything. And get this, not only does he know everything, but he knew everything since before the foundation of the world. He knows everything. And so all of your sins that maybe you try to hide, all of the bad things that you do, all of the good things that you do without anybody looking. He knows everything. He's what? Omniscient. He's omniscient. We're going to be good theologians like Nolan by the end of this. A, God's character. B, God's control. C, God's comprehension. And D, God's care. Daniel thanks God that he answered his prayers and that God cares for him. And uh, if you put your faith in Christ, he will care for you also. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He what? He cares for you. Yeah, you should be excited about that. He cares for you. Okay, so Daniel praises him. We see incredible faith from Daniel. Daniel does not panic. He prays. He praises. And then finally, D, he performs. Daniel actually goes. He pleads for the pagan wise men. He says, all the wise men, please, king, do not kill them. And why would he do that? They're pagans. They're not even Christians. You know, why would he care about them? Because he has compassion for them. And he wants them to be saved too. And you know what else he does? Not only does he uh, uh, plead for them to be saved, but he also points. You know the pointer finger? You guys remember the grasshopper eater? No. Yes. Who's the grasshopper eater? What's his name? John the Baptist. He's doing the same thing as John the Baptist. He's going like this. And who's he pointing to? To God. To God, right? He says, you know what? Everything that I'm about to, I'm about to interpret this dream. I'm about to tell you what the dream was, but it's not coming from me. I don't have the power. I'm not good. It is all who? God. God. He wants to give God all the glory. And so he points to God and he gives him that credit, that glory. He wants him to have all of it. And so we see uh, Daniel's unforgettable, incredible, wonderful faith. And now what we see is Nebuchadnezzar's unforgettable fear, uh, Daniel's unforgettable faith. And now Daniel, with God working through him, he will do the impossible. And he's about to tell Nebuchadnezzar his dream and what it means. And what we see in Nebuchadnezzar's dream is that it foretells, number three, 
God's unforgettable future. God's unforgettable future. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar that in his dream, he was standing in front of a very large statue. Think of like a huge statue. And he's about to tell, explain to him what this statue means and what the different parts of the statue means as well. And you have a picture of that on your outline. It's kind of like this. And so he says this, the head, the head is made of gold. And this represents Babylon. This represents your nation, your, your kingdom, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And what Daniel is trying to do is he's telling Nebuchadnezzar the what? future. He's telling him the future. What's going to happen after Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom? So he starts with Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom. And then he says, but after your kingdom comes another kingdom. And this is where we see the chest and the arms. They're made of what? Silver. Silver. And this is referring to the Medo-Persia. And this is a dual empire and blah, 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 blah. Silver was used as a currency. And so he's saying that's going to come after your kingdom. And then after that kingdom is going to come Greece. Greece. And that is the belly and the thighs, the bronze. You know, bronze is inferior to all the, the rest of the metals that we just talked about. But they are what? They're strong. It's strong. It's very strong. And uh, so it's inferior, but strong. So Babylon, made of Persia, Greece, and then it comes Rome. Rome. And that's the legs of iron, okay? And then the, it says the left and the right legs, they represent the east and the west of Rome. Okay, okay. Uh, extra information. I don't have time for it. Okay, so what comes first? Babylon, which is where King Nebuchadnezzar is. Then after that, Daniel says another kingdom is going to come, and that kingdom is? Persia. Medo-Persia, and that's two empires ruling as one uh, and the group together. And then after that is? Greece. Greece. And then after that is? Rome. Rome. And then after that is? It says the United Nations, right? And how we get this is he talks about the toes, you know, the toes of the statue, you know, smelly toes. No, they're the statues. Uh, okay. And so he talks about the toes and later on he talks about kings. And so what we interpret this, what we understand this to be is 10 kings. And this hasn't happened yet. In the future, there will be 10 kings, 10 nations. And so we're waiting for this to happen. And so it goes Babylon. Come on. Meta Persia. Greece. Rome. United Nations. And now, what is all this leading to? The return of Christ. The return of Christ. Daniel says, after all this happens, after you see the ten kings come and, and all this happens, which all of it has happened except the ten kings so far, then. Christ will return and he will establish his kingdom. And you know what? All of these kingdoms, they rose and they what? Fell. They were destroyed. And Daniel says, there's going to be a stone. And that stone is going to wreck, destroy the statue. He's going to destroy all the nations. And that stone is who? Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Jesus Christ is going to come and destroy all of these pagan and evil and wicked filled nations that we have. And he's going to establish his own kingdom that's going to last forever. That's going to be indestructible. Isn't that cool? The return of Christ. And he's going to make all things new. 
And so that is the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar has. So we see Jesus, the return of Jesus. And what happens? King Nebi, he thought it was impossible. It really was. But all things are possible with who? God. And so God works through Daniel and he allows him to understand the dream and interpret it. Daniel does that. And we'll answer it during a small group question. And then, uh, and so he does that. He allows uh, Daniel to understand. Daniel presents it to the king. What does the king do? He falls on his face. What? He falls in unbelief. He cannot believe this just happened. That Daniel was actually able to do this. And who was actually able to do this? God, right? Incredible story, right? And we see Daniel's faithfulness, despite things getting tough again, despite people going after him to kill him, Daniel displays unforgettable what? Faith. Faith. And I hope that you can display that too. Let's take this home. Point A, I want you to trust, trust that God is in control. Trust that God is in control. Didn't we see that throughout this whole chapter? God's in control. He planned this all out and he did it all for his G word glory right he wants the glory and he does it all for that and so we can trust him why should we worry about all of these things that we cannot control trust god and his sovereignty point b we should hope we should hope and we should look forward to jesus coming again his second uh return um his return and jesus is coming and we can hope in that and we can uh, marvel in that and be so excited for that because he's going to make all things new and there's not going to be any more pain not going to be any more suffering no more evil he's going to make it all right and if you're a christian you're going to live with him forever and eternity in his kingdom that cannot be destroyed isn't that awesome all the other ones are destroyed and they will be but god's kingdom will not fail will not be destroyed point c the last thing to take home is surrender surrender s-u-r-r-e-n-d-e-r surrender and this is because god knows all things and so it goes back to the point does god know everything about your life does god know all the sins that you do yes right he knows everything and so with the sin thing if he knows all of your sins then he will keep you accountable for all of your sins. And what does sin deserve? Death. Death, right? It deserves wrath, eternal hell, eternal punishment. That's what we deserve for our sins. And so he knows that you sin. He knows that you sin every day. But there's hope, right? Everybody look up. Everybody say hope. Hope. There's hope. And that hope is in the person of who? Jesus Christ, who did what? He came to this earth. He lived the perfect life. He lived a life that we can never live. Perfect obedience to his father. And even though he is perfect, he what? He died. Why would he do that? Because he loves his chosen people. He loves his children. And he wants to give them a way to have a relationship with them and forgive them of their sins. Isn't that good news? How do we receive this grace? How do we receive Jesus Christ? By praising Him. We praise Him, yes, but we put our faith in Him. We believe in what He's done for us on the cross. And we, our word, starts with an R, repent, right? We turn away from our sins. 
We don't think that God can't see it because he does. He knows it. We repent from it. We turn away from it. And we turn towards Jesus Christ. And if we do that, then Jesus will save us and we will live with him forever in heaven. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? And then we will be with him in his kingdom when it comes. And it will not be destroyed. It will live forever. And that is great news. Okay, so let's pray. And thanks for sticking in. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you are so faithful to us. And Lord, as we see the faithfulness of Daniel, we remember that it is only because that you were first faithful to him and you are faithful to us. You sent your son to die for us. You want to forgive us of our sins. You want to have a relationship with us. And so, Lord, help us. If there's anybody here who does not yet know you, who has not yet put their faith in you, who has not yet surrendered their life to you, would you lead them to yourself now? And for those of us who have done that, would you help us to grow in our faith? Would you help us and remind us to pray to you, to ask you for help, to praise you for who you are. You are so wonderful. Your character is so great. And you care for us. Help us to remember those things, to always be dependent on you. But we need your help, and we ask for it now. Thank you for your word, that it is so clear. And help us as we worship you again, and as we study your word and apply it to our hearts in small groups. In Jesus' name, amen.